0: to She Said, She Said. I'm Laura Cox Kaplan. Christine Templin is one part of the sister team who created the startup Purple Patriot. Purple Patriot is an online platform that's designed to increase political engagement by women from both political parties. We'll talk to Christine about her vision, as well as about the unique challenges of creating something that is nonpartisan in a world that has grown increasingly polarized, Christine, we're delighted to have you. So, what is Purple Patriot?
1: It is a nonpartisan app that is available uh, for the iPhone and for the Android that makes it easy to stay engaged in what's going on in government. Uh, we focus on women, and it's really, uh, you know, we we sort of came to the idea with with the mindset that people are busy, and it's really difficult to stay up to date. There's a lot of information. I mean, this is an information age, and you're just getting barraged. So we have taken our platform and we've made it issue-centric. So you can find out quickly uh, information about issues. And we also have this concept of a to-do list Mm. that makes it, uh, you know, so you feel like you have an accomplishment. And you know, it's small bits of information. It is a marriage of technology and politics. And what we really believe is sort of uh, the next evolution of of the political landscape or politics 3.0.
0: Where did this idea come from? Why why
1: was this important for you to do this? Actually, my sister and I founded the company. So uh, we are co-founders. She came to it when she was trying to find out about GMO labeling and why we couldn't get it passed. And she was having difficulty just getting general information about it getting in touch with the, her Congress people to find out, like, how do we move this forward? Um, and, you know, it was sort of the aha moment is like, why is it so difficult to get a simple, th- what we thought was a relatively simple thing of, you know, just general labeling on food, you know, around GMO modification. Why was this so difficult? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was sort of her aha moment. And we talked about that. And for me, it was really, it was really when I was talking with the younger people about voting and the apathy that they had around getting involved. My vote doesn't count. It's too difficult to stay involved. I have no interest in, in government or politics. And for me, you know, I've voted since I've been, I was 18 in every election and primary that I could vote in. So that was a very disturbing trend. And then we started to look at, like, you know, how are, how are younger people engaging? How are women engaging, you know, in, this, in, in a world where the biggest limitation we have is time? Or the way that we're engaging, right? For the younger people, it's Facebook, Instagram, it's text messaging. It is not phone calls and door knocking and and even traditional TV, right? So it's a very different a different way. So what we wanted to do was get people engaged. We are technologists, you know. I've done software engineering for over twenty five years now, and my sister's on the product side. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we can, this is what we can do to sort of help move this forward. So we we went about building this app.
0: So the platform is aimed at women as opposed to people more broadly. Yes. Why women? What is it unique about women and women's political engagement that makes you want to focus on this particular segment as opposed to just focusing on everyone?
1: Yeah. And as we like to say, we're focused on women today. And if it changes that we have parity in government and we have more involvement of women in general then um, you know obviously it's not limited to but that's who we focus on you know when you look at at the world or the political landscape or the engagement today it's really being driven by women right so all of the new organizations all of the engagement really the the leaders that are standing up are young and older women right so they that's that's who's really driving the engagement and sort of getting people active in government today so that's one reason. They also control 80 to eighty five cents of every dollar that's spent in the US. So there's a lot of you know ability to influence, right? not only uh, it, from a from a government perspective, but also from a buying power from the purse perspectives. And then lastly, we're women. Like I think you can build a product best if you're wearing the shoes and that's the life you're leading. So mm-hmm.
0: does it change the content and the construct of the product? In that you're focused on women?
1: Yes, I believe it does. But, you know, everything affects women, but where they really are, are focused, right? Education, um, health care, student loans for younger women, right? Like, what does that, you know, if you think about that and how that impacts their lives for the next 10 or 15 or 20 years when they come out of school with so much debt, right? Mm-hmm. Those type of things. And then we really, we're, we focus a lot around just getting the message around around women candidates mm-hmm. or what women are doing in, in various regions uh, or areas to to stay involved. So, yes.
0: How has the idea been received uh, by the political parties and by other groups that are engaged <laughs> yeah, yeah, in this yeah. space to some degree. Everybody's doing something a little yeah, different than yeah. what you're doing, but how have they embraced this idea or or not? Yeah,
1: so I laughed a little because I think, um, again, you know, not, you know, we, both of us will admittedly say, like, we are, we have not been in the political field. That's not what we do, right? So we are just your everyday women kind of coming forward and trying to solve a problem talking to people on the political side has been challenging. It really hasn't been something that they, you know, have embraced. Mm-hmm. It's we do it our way, <laughs> right? And our way is working. So why would we want to change? And then I'm a, and then I will literally sit there and say, okay, how are you reaching millennials? How are you thinking about the next 10, 20 years? Like, how are you getting women into the pipeline? Yeah, especially like more established organizations. They just, I mean, and is this true of the political parties or the organizations it, it, around them? Or it's all both. The... It's both, right? I think that the the political parties are certainly have their way. Um, And again, I think it's just like, hey, we knock on doors. We, you know, we make phone calls. Now they're texting, right? I mean, we've all received the (laughs) texts. Aren't they great? I'm already blocking them on my phone. Uh, But yeah, so it's actually, it it, (laughs) it has like really, and that was like really surprising to me. Because for me, again, like coming from a technology background, I'm like, this just makes sense to me. Like, I can see this being, you know, how things move forward in 10, 20 years. Like, you know, millennials don't, they don't answer their phone. They don't answer the door, right? And, and your text messaging strategy is going to be obsolete after probably this election, if not the next one, because people will just be done with it. It's surprising, actually, that it hasn't been as embraced. It's really some of the, you know, when we go and we talk to younger people, it, they get it, right? It's like, oh, this makes sense to me. This is so easy. This is something that I would use every day. Uh, even like we did a pilot with um, a group uh, down in Texas of high school girls, and they just love the product. And it was just like, this is, you know, this this is the future for us and how we will stay engaged. So
0: Yeah. So interesting. So tell me a bit about this is a nonpartisan yes. platform um you most likely have a particular political do. point yes. of view just yes. as i do yes. as most of us do so how do you go about guarding mm-hmm. against the creep in a direction mm-hmm. and not really realizing that you're going there yeah. if that makes sense how yeah. do you guard against partisan content and what can be kind of dog whistle issues for the other party.
1: Yeah. So how we guard against that is really just trying to deliver facts. If we talk about a specific issue, it is, you know, really trying to focus it around the facts. Like, here's what it costs us. Here's how many people are impacted. Here's what it means. Just general, like, what, you know, for like, what is CHIPS? What does that mean? How many people, you know, are enrolled in it? What does it cost? Those type of just fact-based information again yes I have my own beliefs um, and I'm not trying to influence I just you know what we're trying to do is give people a place where they can go and get as unbiased information as possible everything has a little bit of bias right Um, even you know when you when you try and just serve up general facts they can you can certainly use data either way but at least if you're making a decision, it's based on facts and not just the rhetoric or uh, that you're hearing, mm-hmm. you know, in the general news. We also, if we're if we're sourcing anything from uh, news, you know, news media, we look for very um, unbiased or center organizations. So, you know, we won't use. the the New York Times or Fox News right like we will be very focused around Reuters and some of the others that are very are definitely much more central Mm -hmm. Um, and you know I I always caveat and say sometimes we have to go in certain places because they're the only people reporting but we try and say but we always cite the news the source Mm -hmm. so you know if it's uh, you know where it's coming from so you can at least understand if there if there is bias there.
0: And you, as I understand it, you also have advisors from both political parties who that are correct. part of mm-hmm. your advisory board and infrastructure. And what role do they play in terms of helping to provide that balance?
1: We take it upon ourselves to be very focused on making sure that we're nonpartisan, but it also gives us exposure in both uh, on both sides. So we're not just seeing the you know the issues from the, the like the let's use the Me Too like we're not just seeing that right. We're also seeing the other side of the coin and being able to report on both and being aware of it so mm-hmm. um, that's really how they've helped out exposure and just knowledge of to ensure that we're we're using multiple sources and we know sort of what's going on on both sides give information fairly okay
0: so let's pivot a bit and mm-hmm. talk about, again, a little bit more about how this came to be. Yeah. You are in business with your sister. Yes. Family enterprises <laughs> can be interesting. Yeah. How does that work? What uh, what different strengths and leadership styles do each of you bring to the table? Okay.
1: Isn't it like one of the, I think one of the like business startup one-on-one like first tool is like think about who your co-founders are right <laughs> and, and don't and, go
0: into business with family right and they? don't <laughs> go to business with family
1: um which which is interesting i think that as i said she's had over 20 years of product experience and she's worked for a lot of startups and a lot of, and has built and monetized a lot of products so she kind she brings that strength mm-hmm. and i'm from the technology side so i've done everything you know in terms of build of in, in building a product from the technology scaling uh, et cetera. but she is definitely more um, the big idea person and I'm the executor so she has a she has a tendency to be very big in scope and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and and I'm the one who who will sort of you know pull her in and be like no, we are executing on point one and point two, and that's it. And these are great ideas, and we can certainly look at them in the future, but, but not, but not today. So she definitely brings that. I bring more of the execution and focus. What is interesting? Yes, never go into business with your family. I, I would love to understand why that is the mantra. I mean, we, you know, we, I have two sisters. We're very close. Uh-huh. Uh, my, we have a very, you know, strong bond in our family, family. So for me, this was like very natural to kind of, to do this together. What is fun. I mean, it's fun, right? This whole thing is fun. W- what I love about it is like we know each other so well. We're a loud family. My family's German. You know, you want an argument in in our house by talking louder than anyone else at the table. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have very lively discussions as we <laughs> like to say them. But it, there, there's no... Um, area that we we can't talk about right Mm -hmm. or we can't discuss or I can't say like hey that's a crazy idea and we're not doing that Mm -hmm. right and and she may get a little bit offended but it's always you know the comeback and okay you know you're right we need to focus on this so I think we can have very open dialogue and discussions that maybe you wouldn't have with another with another person that you didn't know as well Mm -hmm. and and also it's not going to break our relationship so there's no point where we're going to just You know, someone's gonna get angry and walk away and be like, you know, we're not gonna do this anymore. I'm I'm gonna take my my toys and go go play somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting, but I think those are some of the the pluses, right? Yeah, the minuses are like you're always, you know, it's always about business, and I always feel like, and my sister's hysterical, um, you know, again, just love her to death but it will she will literally come up. you know she'll like go on a bike ride and then she'll come back and then she'll like ping me and be like did you finish x y and z yet and when are you getting it to me and i'll be like um i don't work it you on your schedule like <laughs> i've got this list of things that i'm going to do and you will have it by the end of the day kind of thing so uh but but it's fun right so yeah, yeah.
0: how do you work through When you have major differences of Mm -hmm. opinion, Mm -hmm. how do you work through those Mm. and keep it professional so that you don't, you know, I think that one of the reasons why folks sort of avoid having family in the workplace is that sometimes you might have a tendency to bring all your baggage from Mm -hmm. when you were a kid into the workplace. And how do you you avoid that? How do you sort of set a baseline for here's how we're going to resolve conflicts?
1: I don't know if you ever avoid that. Right. I think there's definitely bringing, you know, bringing some past things in or at least ways that you have that you resolve and, are you know, you resolve or you have have your discussion. So I don't know if that's ever I don't know if you resolve that as much as, you know, it's there Mm -hmm. and you can work around it. We have we have had large differences and, um, you know, they're really they, they have been good discussions. Right. We talked a lot about sort of what does our monetization strategy look like? And, you know, some people in space do a subscription model. And I'm very much against that myself because I believe it limits who you can reach. Because certain people don't have... So this is free.
0: This is 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 a free free app. Yes,
1: yes. Um, Because, you know, certain people don't have disposable income to be able to do this, to to spend on something like this. And, uh, you know, we had long discussion around that, but it was something, a point that I wasn't willing to move on. Mm -hmm. And we were able to sort of work through that and get to the point where it was like, okay, you know, we have all these other things and we certainly, you know, that's our strategy for going forward in the next 12 to 24 months. And then, you know, we can reevaluate, but Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: So given that this is a free platform, what are you doing to raise money?
1: We are bootstrapped today, so we're self-funded. Uh, and we are going out for um, our, our seed in angel investing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in terms of sort of our monetization strategy, how we look at it is, is kind of twofold. We look at it from uh, women candidates and, and advertisements or the ability to – advertisement is a strong term, right? But the ability to get your message out – um, on our platform as a woman candidate. Hmm. So that's really because we have a really unique set of users, right? There, it's it, we focus on middle school to mommy bloggers. Mm-hmm. So we you know we we get the women into the to the young women into the pipeline as they're as they're starting their careers and then uh, you know go forward. So it's twofold. it's it's candidates, and then it's also um, strategic partnerships with brands. Mm-hmm. Going back to that, Uh, concept of, you know, uh, voting with your purse.
0: Do you have challenges potentially in terms of maintaining Mm -hmm. your political neutrality, if you will, if you don't have enough women advertising from both sides of the political aisle? And how do how will you deal with that? Or how do you deal with that?
1: How, how we've sort of approached that is if it's, if it's not something that we're comfortable we can get both sides, then we won't do it. Mm. So it's really, uh, you know, it's in even on the brand side, like think, you know, how we think about the being able to say it's both. Uh, this is a big challenge around associations and why we're not sort of going into that space at all mm-hmm. is because you get can get very polarized quickly, right? So I think that brands have a much more tendency to be neutral, right, in terms of at least sort of how they're approaching the, their market or sort of, or they don't have any political stance on certain things, right? Mm-hmm. And candidates, I mean, candidates as well, but obviously they are. But there's definitely, um, you know, the ability to get both sides. Interesting.
0: So. Very interesting. So would this be for this particular election cycle or the next election cycle?
1: So we're starting for the uh, November mm-hmm. election. So this um, cycle. Yes. But really focused on 2020. Mm-hmm. So
0: Given the fact that this is a startup, what advice do you have for other would-be entrepreneurs? I mean, you you had a background in technology and in the, both you Mm -hmm. and your sister both. Mm -hmm. Um, What advice do you have for others who may have uh, an idea and they don't know where to start?
1: Research. (laughs) Research your idea. Do it. I have another ten startups that I have sort of in the back of my mind uh, <laughs> when we get this one to where it needs to be. But I think it's it's really if you if you believe in something, do it right. But of course, like be educated, know your market, research it. You know, I'm I'm lucky um, in that I have a really strong network around technology and just bringing in, uh, you know bringing the ability to try and bring funders to the table and those type of things. But where we have, you know, where we don't have our expertise is some of the political side, and that's where we've looked to our advisory board and some of the other um, experts that, you know, we've talked to, talked to people, see if there's a fit. But really it's do it, right? I I think we can all, like, sit back and sort of, uh, you know, we all have – again, we all have these great ideas, but it's really like, you know, even trying – is worth something, right? Yeah. I mean, so many startups fail and the likelihood of success is like very minimal, right? It's so small, but it's fun. And, you know, uh, when my sister and I talk about sort of like, you know, some days it's like, why do we do this? This is so hard, right? It's <laughs> it, it is, And it's not fun today. Like we have to do, you know, we have to do all these things that we don't like to do. But just who, you, who? The amazing women we've met, the amazing people that we've, uh, you know, had the opportunity to meet and talk to. The lessons learned, the things that you thought would work, like you know, that people just don't understand or, you know, aren't in the same place with you. That's really been just a huge learning experience. And even if we have to, you know, in a year or two walk away from this, there's just so much that you take away from any, you know, from this type of experience. So,
0: What's the most significant thing you've learned?
1: Oh, what, I mean, everything, literally. Like, I mean, we've had to sort of pivot our strategy. Um, When we started, we thought... Um, we really focused on sort of partnering with associations because we thought that would be... Trade a,
0: associations. Yeah,
1: yes. uh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, um, any mm-hmm. of those ones that, you know, have a really big following that don't really have tools or modern ways that they engage their members, right? And I was like, oh, this would be very simple, very easy. A lot of nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Well, nonprofits don't have any money. Maybe less forward looking than I would have thought, right? I won't say I, I'm not going to paint the whole, all of them, because certainly, um, you know, some of the younger ones are definitely understand um, the resource so, limitation yeah, is a factor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just starting there um, was the wrong step for us we really needed to focus more um grassroots that's where we're really getting a lot of our users a lot of the excitement around the product is you know our ambassador program which is we have right now 35 ambassadors around the country who um, for the most part are young women that are out in their communities talking about the product you know getting people active in in government if they aren't already Again, that was a big kind of like aha uh-huh moment for us. So,
0: and how do you recruit the ambassadors? Where do you find them?
1: You can go to our website and sign up. We do a little bit of everything. We're at your farmers markets. We're at you know we went to the county fair. You know we've had recommendations. We've met people at trade shows. We've done some podcasts and some blogs and some mm-hmm. things like that. And we've met uh, we've met you know we've had people sign up to be ambassadors through that. So
0: fantastic. Yeah. So your professional background, we have talked about the fact mm-hmm. that you uh, have been in the Valley for a number of years. Yes. Um, what were you doing before this, specifically?
1: So I just finished um, eight years at Twitter. It's really actually a good foundational um, learning experience for me, because when I started, Twitter was a hundred-person startup, so a very, very wow. small company, uh, and grew to over Uh, 4,000, you know, I think there are 4,000, around 4,000 employees now, Um, obviously very different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I was, uh, you know, in engineering there, built a lot of teams, solved a lot of problems and went through a lot of challenges over Mm -hmm. the years. So that really gave me a good foundational um, kind of hands-on, you know, hands-on approach to being able to really drive the the technology platform for this company. So... Mm -hmm.
0: Talk about how you create the corporate culture that you want to work in. You've had a lot of experience with other organizations. How do you you get it right, and how do you and your sister think about the corporate culture of Purple Patriot?
1: When we think about Purple Patriot, I mean, uh, we really think about can we walk the walk and not just talk the talk. So we are all about women empowerment. 25 years in technology you know we can go through all the stories like of how many times you know I was the only women leader in the room at the table you know I've had teams that have been mostly men um and really um thinking about that when we we put together our team and um and you know in, engaging um and how we engage. We're small. We're a seven-person company right now, which is exciting, you know, when you start out with two. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's it's exciting. Um, but we really look to ensure that we're finding the best candidate. And we're very much about understanding the need for flexible work schedules, right? Most of our team is remote. Uh, so it's, you know, it's when they, when they can do things. Um, we have coding that happens at all hours we have you know a woman who supports us who's part of our team who's in Las Vegas that you know she takes her daughter to school in the morning and when she's, you know, and we have calls with her at 10 a.m. because that's when she has time. So understanding and being supportive of women and what they bring to the table as part of the workforce. You know, some takeaways I've had just are around transparency You know, very open about where we are as a company, what we're doing, what we're focused on if we need to scale anything back because we have to shift our funds somewhere else, you know, while we're, we're going through this, transparency, really trying to uh, be a learning culture, right? I think that's, that's super important. Most people think about failure as a bad thing. I think failure is a good thing, right? That's how we learn. That's how we actually improve and go forward. And looking at it as a learning culture, like I gave that one example, right? That was a huge pivot for us, and we wasted probably – you know, six months um, on on sort of that and moving forward. But you know, now we're really focused and we have a really good understanding of how we grow the product, where we grow the product, um, and uh, you know, just learning from those things and being able to uh, to have those uh, you know the, the, looking in the mirror and saying, "Hey, this is, you know, we didn't do this right. We need to be better." Mm-hmm. So.
0: What's your personal process for dealing with setback? Having a six-month setback, that's a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Um, whether you characterize it as a failure or whether you call it a setback, setback's yeah. kind of a pretty word for yes. failure, yes. right? Yes, yes, How do you What's your process for dealing with that? Mm-hmm. How do you bounce back?
1: That's a good question. It's hard, right? I mean, it, 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 you definitely have the moments where you're like, why did i ever think i could do this why am i why am i doing this right this is frustrating nobody gets it i'm the only you know we're the only ones who get it it's, it's depressing you know. for me i think i've had, you know i've had a lot of failure you know at various parts points in my career and i think i've been able to learn from it and move forward um i definitely um and am someone who is you know i'm a you know, I, I, I fight through things. I definitely, you know, I'm not going to let something defeat me. If I can't do it one way, I'm going to do it another way. But that's, like, one of the times where, like, working with my sister is such a positive, mm-hmm. right? It's because it's, we can sort of commiserate together and cry and... I'm a big wine drinker, so a glass or two of wine definitely helps. <laughs> um, but it is, you know, it's it, it's the kind of, you know, it's the, okay, we're going to, we're going to recognize we did this, we're going to take our hour, and then we're going to move forward.
0: Where does the drive to keep going come from? So so you, you just know. said something interesting, and, and this comes up a lot on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. What enables you to put one foot in front of the other you've been knocked on your can and you're defeated and yet you get back up and you put one foot in front of the other and you keep going what is it that makes you get up and keep going
1: family it's definitely how we were raised um had a very very strong mother who you know was Taught us, and again, three girls, right? So, taught us women can do anything, don't listen to anyone, you know, you can be whatever you want. She definitely helped kind of form that, but it's also, it also was my dad, right? So, again, father of three girls, you know, he is our biggest advocate. You know, really receptive and really supportive. Like when you came to him with a problem, just you know, anything. He was like really supportive, um, and I think you know. Um, unfortunately, my mother passed away when we were when we were young. Um, I was like uh, twenty six and then my my other um, sisters were younger so that even brought us closer together and we draw a lot of strength from one another when you know that your family's gonna be always going to be there for you no matter what you do if you mess up if you fail if you decide to travel the world and not work then um, they'll still be there to support you that that that's a big you know that makes a big difference that no matter what you're successful with them so
0: how do you define success? Not not just for mm-hmm. the company, no. but for you personally. No.
1: So for me personally, I am a big advocate of women in general. So there's a lot of people that think about sort of like, what is, what is your mission in life or what is your calling, right? Um, and I don't know if I have a calling, but... You know, how I just define for success for me is, am I giving back? Are people, can I look, or, you know, when you look around and you see people that you that have worked for you or you've coached or you've been, a, you know, a mentor to, or you've supported in, you know, in in a nonprofit and you see them be successful, that to me is how I define success. Am I contributing to the world? Um, even if you don't see results, but you know that there is a program out there that can help women. Women, you know or young girls give them the ability to learn to code or give them the ability to you know a a, pl- a safe place they can go to after school and i've helped that um, in whatever way mm-hmm. then that for me is success um, and i think that with our platform we can we can help you know get women engaged can you know really help to formulate the 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 government and the world that they want to see right and 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 you know be active and be collaborative and you know we're all at the table talking to one another because that's what women do right we're moving things forward that way so that's how I define success so Christine
0: how can other groups get involved they listen to this podcast and they're very intrigued by the idea
1: how can they get involved with you you can go to our website, purplepatriot.com, uh, and there's information on either signing up to be an ambassador. Uh, you can go, as I said, the app is readily available. Please go download it uh, today. If there's any feedback, um, we'd love to hear it. You know, we're looking for partnerships and we're looking for additional ways to get the word out. So those are the those are um, the best ways to get involved. Obviously, even without you know, our platform, make sure that you're getting involved in your communities, you know, all those things that, that we're doing anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but just making sure you're doing that. Um, I like to always remind people, hey, when you go out to vote, take someone with you, right? And obviously in November, um, no matter what, you know, who, if you're independent, Republican, Democrat, you don't, you know, none of the above, all of the <laughs> above, try and take someone to the polls because I think it's so, so critical that we as women get out there and represent the almost 51% of the population that we are. So,
0: yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So we ask each of our guests for a single piece of advice or life hack, either something that you live by, maybe it could be a mantra or maybe it's a piece of advice or life hack that you readily share with others on your team
1: and elsewhere. What would be yours? I will show this one. I think it's very relevant. Um, we always say, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So do all those things that you need to do for a marathon, right? Take care of yourself, because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others and you can't do the things you need to do. Try and stay focused and try and really understand that this is a, this is a, a you know, Again, it's a long it's a long haul, it's a journey, and it's not um, something that's gonna be completed in a day. So
0: Christine, thank you so much thank for joining you. us. It's a pleasure to meet you. It is
1: my pleasure as well, and thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course, of course. Thank you all for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Christine and Purple Patriot, you can visit our website at www.shesaidshesaidpodcast.com. There will include links to the Purple Patriot website, as well as some other information and some photographs from today's visit. And if you're enjoying She Said, She Said, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. As always, thanks for listening.